0: This team. This journey. It's been rewarding, but we're not finished. We were the defending East champs, but they didn't care.
1: I got the Phillies in the East. The Mets, Phillies, and Nationals are going to be crazy aggressive. They
0: were in awe of what everyone else was doing.
1: 330
0: mil over 13 years. The massive reliever that What the they Mets didn't get. know was, teams have made, the Braves didn't we make were many. quietly building a force to be reckoned with. Third baseman, Josh Donaldson. One of the best offseason signings we're going to see. Really excited to have Brian McCann back with the Braves. And we were working too hard to hear them. How about that? You see, How we about don't stop. Down four, bottom eight. Down. Down. We're coming for you. Up three, make it ten. Blink, and we've scored four more. Bases loaded, nobody out. Ball game. Fight, but we don't quit. Victory. It's our only option. Our fight is here, and it's just beginning. We warned you. It doesn't matter what what ending it is, what score it is, we're coming. We're relentless. What the hell is this? What would you say you do here? It's Stone's Weekly Dose.
1: Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you.
0: Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man.
1: Brian was just making a
0: joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Not to self, don't change
1: for anyone. Not to self, don't die. Oh, I haven't done this in two weeks. I forgot to turn the microphone on. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the supposedly for-profit venture known as the Stone On Air podcast. It's the final Wednesday of September. Blink your eyes, take a nap, snap your fingers, and it's going to be the freaking holidays in 2019. Thank you so much for finding the Weekly Dose for September 25th, 2019. Had to take last week off. Just too much going on. Not interesting at all. Not interesting whatsoever. If there was a bill that had to be paid because of the uh, download of this show, I would have made it happen. But since there's not, I just took the week off. I have decided I'm, I've i already got next week's show kind of in the works. And I've been wanting to do this for a while. It's a little bit of a cop-out because I don't have to do any real um, you know, preparation for commentary content, which is what I like to do, but I still think there's a lot... Um, there's a lot of valuable uh, show content out there that can be from other areas, stuff that I find on the internet. As I've talked about with the revamping of the show, one of these days where I want to do the uh, what did I call it? The um, the worst idea and today's coolest thing. And um, I'm gonna have a few different, uh, a couple different examples of what I mean by going forward when I call something the coolest thing. And in the final segment of the show, the uh, rejoin. Music amongst the uh, the audio that I put together will be one of those things that is, quote unquote, would be that day's coolest thing. I'll play another one that I pulled here in the last day or two here in just a second to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. I'm going to try to do a whole show next week of just random stupid stuff I found on the internet and just kind of piece them together in a way that I hope comes across as entertaining. I am on vacation next week. I'm going to be spending half of it in the Gulf Coast for a uh, wedding. Uh, My girlfriend's uh, bridesmaid, and uh, I'm just kind of long for the ride, trying to stay out of the way, have some drinks, enjoy the last little hoorah. But I won't be gone all week, so I'll still be doing plenty of radio work. I'll still have the podcast out there. As a matter of fact, I'm going to try to work some extra radio stuff, as a matter of fact, just to stay a little bit busy. And quite frankly, the most important part, profitable. Because if I'm not working with the radio station uh, specifically, I'm not getting paid. Um, luckily, I have paid time off the day job. So as I was just bouncing around looking for some stuff over the course of the last week, I found this. This is a real commercial. This is Bed Bath & Beyond, I'm pretty sure. This is a real commercial, and I thought it was absolutely great.
0: Hi, we're redecorating our home, and um, what is this?
1: Oh, this is called offline shopping. It's like online shopping, but in real life.
0: So I can touch anything before I buy Yep. Even this?
1: Yeah. Even this? Mm-hmm. Even this? Even that.
0: Okay, but do you offer two-day shipping?
1: Well, you buy the thing and then leave, so it's more like today's shipping. Nice. And I just, I thought that was a great commercial. Um, is it going to be effective? I have no idea, because I've always said early on when online shopping became such a craze, however long ago you want to consider that. Was it all the way 10 years ago? Maybe not quite that long ago. It certainly was available. But in the last four to five, six years, certainly, that we're such a um, a, a, a right now, what have you done for me lately, give it, gimme, 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 can't wait, can't wait, can't wait culture, that people still going out shopping is still going to be a thing. Well, well, the trend shifted the other way, and we turned into more of a, well, I just want to shop, shop, shop till I drop, and I do it so often, I have something coming in the mail every single day. And half the time, I can't even remember what it is. That's the big joke. Oh, I bought something from Amazon. I wonder what this is. I mean, I've even done that. If you get a package and you don't know what it is, you got a problem. That's <laughs> an issue in your life. Um, but uh, I thought that was good. So I'm going to throw a bunch of those together for next week's podcast. And, um, and And really, at the end of the day, that's a hell of a lot more work. It's not more brain power. But from a production standpoint, it is a lot more work. Uh, I'm not going to spend much time on the Braves because uh, I don't want to, you know, upset Jeremy Mahoney <laughs> or anybody else for that matter. I am going to spend a, uh, a minute on it, though. Uh, this has been a very satisfying season. I've enjoyed every single bit of it. And I've been watching Braves baseball since I was 11, 10, 11 years old. And really 11, the year they took off, you know, 91 and ever since. and I can't remember a couple of seasons being more satisfying than these last two, and I've watched some really damn good baseball over the course of my life—mid '90s, late '90s, early to well, more early to mid 2000s, early portion of this decade—and this has been just such a fun ride with great storylines. And uh, I have this one thing I'm going to play. I was going to play a bunch of audio from the manager. Snitker, Brian Snitker and a bunch of other stuff, but I didn't want to bore people, but I had to at least play this. This is Ronald Acuna's uh Snapchat or maybe his Instagram live. I'm not sure. Hold on. Bear with me for a second. Let's see. Here we go. Takes for a second here. It's a little noisy in the Right. here. last year. And this
0: year we're going to kick that motherfucker.
1: All right. So we do- we we we, uh, we went walked through the door last year and this year we're going to kick that mfer down. Let's try that again.
0: Oh, yeah. sorry, like we knocked on the door last year and this year we're gonna kick that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. no.
1: like we knocked on the door last year and this year we're gonna kick that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. <slum stagger> oh. sorry Deus. I can't help myself right. see, like we knocked on the door last year and this year we're gonna kick that one more time right. you know, see, like we knocked on the door last year and this year we're gonna kick that one more time just one more time on year, this time minute this year, we're going to kick that motherfucker. All right, sorry. I had to at least do that. That was Brian Snitker in the locker room right after winning the National League East uh, this past Friday. We knocked on the door last year, and this year, we're going to kick that M effort down. So, just a couple of things here in the opening segment. First of all, I will just say I changed directions a lot over the last course of the two or three days because of where the headlines were headed. Um, In the second segment of the show, which originally was going to be the final segment of the show, I'm going to talk about um, what uh, Justin Trudeau, isn't that how you say it? The Prime Minister for Canada and the hot water that he's in and the large amounts of hashtag fake outrage involved with that. And then out of nowhere, as I was putting together the final segment of the show, late last minute on Tuesday night, the 24th, I was going to do some maybe some climate change Mixed in with some mental health, which you can do those topics virtually anytime you'd like. So I'm going to table those and come back. Here we go again. The numb nuts Democrats are pushing for impeachment, and this time it's now what is it? An impeachment inquiry? Is that what it's called now? I'm I, I'm you know I, I'm hip to political terminology and to the uh, you know to ins and outs of daily political conversation. I can hold my own. I don't. I didn't know that there was such thing as a, as an impeachment probe, if you will, an impeachment inquiry, a uh, an exploratory committee, maybe if you uh, want to call it that. I don't know, but um, I don't know what to think about it other than I think that it is foolish, and I'll touch on that on the way out at the end, plus play that uh, little mashup that I found that is pretty darn cool. But first, a couple of things here this weekend. Of course I mentioned I'm going on vacation next week or at least part of it to um I think it's Alabama. I think it's Orange Beach. Can't remember. It's Gulf Shores anyway. At the end of the week, but I'll start the week in Atlanta for the Falcons and the Titans. Both these two just garbage teams just got beaten by the Colts. Uh the Colts beat the Falcons worse than they beat the Titans. I think that I call them garbage. The Titans have a lot of nice pieces and so do the Falcons. If you blended the Falcons and the Titans together, you might have the best team uh, of the decade. That's how good some of the pieces are on these teams. But the holes that these teams have are just gaping large, wide open, and they are exposed each and every week. So there's no telling how this game's going to go. I can't wait for it. And this is how stupid my life has gotten, especially from a financial standpoint. I pay thousands, quite literally, thousands of dollars for the opportunity to spend more money to have tickets to every Titans game in Nashville. And I'm, you know, I'm happy to do it. No one's forcing me. All I got to do is get out of the game if I don't want to do it anymore. The game that I'm most looking forward to all year is the game I'm paying even more money to, to travel to Atlanta, to go see in Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Sunday, uh, Sunday night, Sunday afternoon, excuse me. And part of that is because is I'm going with my stepbrother, who I'm, uh, uh, I am uh don't see all that often anymore. He's a huge Falcons fan. We're both big-time Braves fans, so there'll be a lot to talk about. And we're both really disappointed in our teams. This makes for a fun matchup. Last time this happened, it was uh, McNair versus uh, Vic, and both McNair and Vic were hurt the game before, and it was backup quarterbacks. I think I want to say that was 2003, and we were in the Georgia Dome for that one. So I am uh, looking forward to being able to sit in air conditioning and watch a football game as opposed to the 98 degrees that I had to quite literally 95 to 98 degrees I had to sit in at um I almost called it LP field at Nissan Stadium, uh whatever that was a week and a half ago. So there you go. What else? We got the Ironman coming to town this weekend. Doesn't it seem like the Ironman is here like once a quarter? I know it comes more than once a year because they have that that halftime portion thing or the half race or whatever it is. But the Iron Man is back again. And so for the first segment, I haven't even teased it. and We're 12 minutes in. More like 13 minutes in. I don't know how long this show is going to go. You know how I am every week. It always ends up between you know 45 and 55 minutes. But I am going to talk about Riverbend here for not the last time ever. But the last time just because. I will mention Riverbend, if there's ever any kind of news story, like they cancel it or that they move it or that they have an announcement for headliners or any artists or any announcements, I will put it in the news cycle if it's worth mentioning at any time going forward because that's just kind of what I do. But I am not going to evaluate this festival as a whole anymore. I'm not going to talk about this carnival, I mean, county fair, I mean, festival festival not much at all going forward, partially, or at least primarily because of the incredibly unprofessional behavior of one of their employees that I'm not going to go any further with it than that, that just went too far and made for too big of a mess in, um, in certain portions of my life. And one of these days, someday before I die, I'll tell you every damn bit about it, but there's no reason for me to spend, waste any more of my time on this mess outside of this segment right now. and It is in response to the piece from Barry Corder, my friend from the Times Free Press. I do not subscribe to the paper anymore, but I've always said it is one of the better papers I've ever read. It's one of the best in the Southeast, anyway. I get a little irritated with the paywalls. I don't understand why Chattanooga Now can't be free online. I can go sit at a, at a um, you know, what? why am I blanking Starbucks or any of those places, and there's a free Chattanooga Now. I can look at it and drink my coffee. But I can't look at it online. I don't understand some of those things. I get needing to make money, and I understand not giving away your content for free. So I'm not overly mad across the board. But I didn't get this article um, last week because I couldn't get it online. And it didn't matter because it came out last Wednesday. So as of the time of my show being uh, recorded and dropped, as they say, uh, Barry's piece was just then going to print. So it would have been a week later before I got to it anyway. What is the future for Riverbend? Friends of the Festival board is, quote, evaluating move forward Again, from the Times Free Press, from Barry Quarter, from the 18th of September. That would be a one-week-ago today. Will there be a Riverbend 2020? And if so, where will it be held, and what will it look like? On Riverbend 2019, this is from uh, Jay Jolly, board chairman. Riverbend, quote, did not perform as expected. The Friends of the Festival board is evaluating a number of options on next, on uh, the next steps as we look forward to 2020. According to Jolly, some changes were uh, well-received, but not all of them. Um, I'm still of the great opinion that there wasn't many changes at all outside of the glaring ones, which were questionable as far as where do you put the what time of the year, how many days, how much do you charge, and how do people spend their money? Again, I've gone over all this. If you're here regularly, you already know what I think about all this. I'm not going to spend a lot of time rehashing all that. For, uh, Friends executive director Chip Baker referred to Jolly's written statement On the future of the festival But just before this year's event Before the event st- uh, took place This year quote Chip Baker Was quoted as things have been evolving And that's a word I would use In this town musically over the last 10 years We could see what was going on As our community has evolved People have told us they wanted more And they were willing to pay more for it No. Chip never really, this is me talking now, the Stone on Air podcast, the host, Brian. uh, Chip never really saw these things coming and he got it beat into him over years and years and years of defiantly coming back and saying, No, what we do is working, when slowly but surely what they were doing was not working. Continue quote from Chip. So we needed a plan and we came up with one and we are sticking to it. It is so easy to stay in one direction. Change can be difficult or it can be an opportunity. And that is how I see this. It is a lot of change all at once, but it is, tra- is it, but it is a transition to a big-time music festival. Again, this is all before last year's festival. Nothing changed about the carnival, I mean the county fair, I mean the festival. It was virtually the same thing. It just was shorter, made it more difficult to spend money when it was already a festival that was difficult to spend money at, and it cost more money. They didn't do anything to evolve with the music community and the festival circuit that's been evolving and running away from them for the last 10 to 15 years. Continuing with Barry's piece from the TFP, immediately after this year's festival, Chip Baker said, quote, the crowd seemed to enjoy themselves. The numbers were less, which we knew that would they would be. It made for a better environment. We made a lot of changes. We may not have accomplished 100% of everything we wanted to do, but we made tremendous strides. I think we answered the questions or the call, if you will, of what the community wanted us to do, which was better, shorter, and more experiences. Wrong, 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 and wrong. It was not better. It was shorter, but not the, the shorter went along with the better. The quality, not the quantity, was what people wanted. Those go hand in hand. You don't get get both. They have to work in concert. And then at the end, more experiences. There were no more experiences. It was the same old festival. Well, I mean, it was the same old festival minus what a lot of our favorite stage was, the Unum stage. So if anything, you eliminate experiences. So uh, I'll move along for this final paragraph here. Um, Barry says, uh, nobody from the news release, I'm just paraphrasing now, it said any kind of specifics that they'll be evaluating this over the next couple of weeks. But the final thing I'll read from Barry's piece is, according to sources with knowledge of the discussions, they likely could include ending the festival altogether. Ding, ding, ding. That's my uh, that's my suggestion. Back to Barry's piece. Moving it to a new location. That'd be an all right idea. Such as the Tennessee River Park on Amnicola Highway. And or bringing in an outside organization such as AC Entertainment, which produces Bonnaroo. And Moon River, which they already brought in AC Entertainment to a certain level to book the main stage acts last year, not the side stages, uh, just the main stages, and then somehow the disastrously weirdly dumb uh, pay through your your wristband thing, which I'm, I I almost wonder if AC Entertainment was using um, Friends of the Festival and Riverbend as like a test market for that kind of concept, because I've I've never seen that anywhere else. I've seen wristbands that you can load your information on your debit card information and spend it as if it were a credit card or a debit card but this was just loading money on that basically if you didn't spend you might get it back but probably it was it was tokens on a wristband very odd very odd I'd I'd love to know how that concept, came together and who thought that was a good idea if that was AC entertainment's idea and you you know y'all know me I'm a big fan of Ashley caps the man himself and his entire team and his, his entire company but if that was AC entertainment's idea and said this is what we think you should do Riverbend to make it better that was a terrible terrible idea that was an awful idea and uh, that shame on them for such a stupid idea. I have a hard time believing that that it was just them. Something tells me they came to like a meeting of the minds of some kind because Riverbend is so wrapped up in this token system that they just can't get over themselves because that's, in in effect, all it was. It was just tokens without the tokens. So I don't know, but if AC did dupe them into that, then, um, then, then Riverbend got the short end of the stick on that one and deserve an apology from AC Entertainment. I just don't know that that's the case whatsoever. I'm not even trying to speculate that it is. I'm just trying to tell you the the, the hard, stone-cold facts are nobody liked it, everybody had issues with it, and it, it was not a good system, and it should not return. No matter who's involved with Riverbend next year, that should not return. Bring back the stupid asshole tokens. Before you bring back the wristbands that you load up your money on, that charges you a dollar every time you do it, that they failed to ever tell anybody, of course. So that's it. I'm never going to talk about Riverbend again just because I'm bored. I'm never going to spend a long period of time or a long stretch of a segment on evaluating the way that their festival operates. I'm not ever going to say anything overly nice, bad, mad, mean. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna discuss what's happening with Riverbend as the news cycle presents itself, and that's the only reason I'm doing it today. Because Barry wrote the piece one week ago, and again, even if I didn't, ha- I, excuse me, even if I did have a show last week, I would have not gotten that in my hands until I had after I'd already done the recording for last week's, so it would have come up today regardless of the situation. So anybody who's butt hurt, or anybody goes running to tell somebody that Brian's on the radio saying all these bleep, 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 and bleep, and this sucks, and he hates this person, and he hates them, and he hates that, and he can't stand this, and all he does is say about how horrible everything is and how horrible Riverbend is and how horrible, insert all these people who I've never said once anything other than very, very nice and kind things about, yeah, well, that person can piss off no matter who you are. I say out loud that I do not like Chip Baker. There's not another person inside that organization that I've ever said anything disparaging about. I've never attacked anybody's character. I've never attacked anybody's work ethic. I have just been critical of the entity and its logistics and its overall functionality, just like I do virtually anything else that I have my observations on. That's what this is. And that's what I've been doing in some form or fashion via broadcast or podcast. My commentary, my evaluation, my thoughts on the passing parade of everything in front of me. This is what I do. Okay? Nothing's changed. Nothing's different. Nothing's new. Just like your festival. All right. I'm sorry. That's it. That's it. I'm done. All right. uh, The Prime Minister for Canada is in trouble, and a lot of it has to do with fake outrage. Hang tight. I'll be right back. Stone on air. We'll be right back.
0: Oh, darling, what juicy gossip I have for our listeners. Stoneonair.com.
1: In the midst of a crucial election campaign, the Canadian Prime Minister is engulfed in a major scandal. Pictures of Justin Trudeau in racist makeup have emerged. The first tweeted by Time magazine, showing Trudeau at an Arabian Nights themed party at a private school where he taught in 2001. The other is a picture of Trudeau in a high school talent show supposedly singing the Banana Boat song, which you may know as Deo. And now, this video, obtained by Canada's Global News from a Conservative Party of Canada Source. We are told that this was shot in the early 90s. The Canadian Prime Minister apologized after the first picture was published, saying that he didn't think of it as racist at the time, but now he knows better. I want to bring in CNN digital producer Kendall Trammell. She has published a piece today on why these kinds of acts are so offensive. Yes, we are. Yes, yes, we are. all of a sudden I think the name of this band is Brad Sucks I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm gonna grab my phone in a second and make sure and double check my um my searches because I did this late last night and I've used this song before I don't remember how I found it. A band called Brad Sucks I got two brads in my life that that applies too well that they suck. I love them to death but they totally suck too. And yes, we are all overreacting. overreacting. It basically doesn't matter what we're talking about. As a world collectively. I do find it to be a little... Funny, I uh, you know, not funny, haha, but interesting and uh, just kind of typical to see American uh, media outlets and Twitter and Facebook and wherever the hell else losing their bleep over uh, another, you know, Canada's problem. I have a feeling that if you were to ask the average Canadian, again, I know they have a little bit of a conservative kind of push to a certain degree. It kind of, kind of, sometimes the way France goes. I know some of the way Canada can go. And I know France has got a little bit of a push of a conservative um, kind of wing or or other you know side of the political spectrum that's been pushing a little bit more the last few years. I don't know if they're getting that from us or we're just feeding off each other on that. I'm not trying to say one uh, left is better than the right or I, I'm i always of the belief that a moderate viewpoint and a moderate approach is always the best, um, the best approach. But it's, it's not a winning approach. It's not a way to um, be successful in, um, in in winning political uh, uh, offices. And, and, again, as I've talked about this before, and I talked to my dad about this the other day, who we used to be. So we've always been politically, ideologically pretty much lined up, but we've been a lot different from a religious standpoint and from a lot of different um, respect standpoints of the office. We're closer to the same thing. This isn't, pers- this isn't a public service. This is uh, lying and cheating and stealing to get your way. It looks like that uh, uh, political leanings in Canada is maybe taking a page from us at this point too, as well as um, France and trying to really push that, uh, I, I believe, kind of a fear-mongering thing. I'm not real sure. I don't follow Canadian politics, all right? I just don't. I, I, I admire a lot of the things that Canada does. I know a lot of Canadians. When I say a lot, I mean I've known very closely. I'd say two or three, and a half dozen that I've been acquaintances with. And all the mess, all the nonsense, all the lies that you hear about their health care and the way that their government works. Oh, you you ever try to get a operation in Canada, and you you got to wait like six years. Like, where'd you hear that, bumpkin? Like, none of those things you hear half the time or any amount of the time are usually true because even before we had the internet to uh, spread bullshit all over the place, people were already spreading it every single day, telling everything about what they heard not what they know. You know where I go with all that. So, uh, Justin Trudeau, that's how you say it, right? Justin Trudeau, he uh, wore blackface, brownface a couple times in his youth. And um, he's about my age. He's probably—I bet he's got about five years on me. I haven't even looked it up. I bet he's closer to 45. Actually, I'm and rather than 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 speculate. I'm gonna take a look. By the way, that band, as I got my uh, Google and frame right now, that band indeed is called Brad Sucks. It's about as good a band name as you're gonna get. So Justin, there it is. Trudeau, Prime Minister. He is. Come on, where's a quick wiki when you need one? Where is it? I know I could just pause the damn thing and go, all right, he's born in 71, so he's eight years older than me. That makes him uh, 47 years old. So, yeah, he's got a few years on me. That makes it even more why this is understandable and more why this is overreaction and fake outrage all the way around. First, we'll listen to uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, first response after, I guess, three pictures or videos came out of this uh, back in the early 2000s and into the early 90s. This is his first reaction.
0: In 2001, uh, when I was a teacher out in Vancouver I attended an end of year gala where the theme was Arabian Nights and I uh, dressed up in an Aladdin costume and put makeup on. I shouldn't have done that, I should have known better, but I didn't and I'm really sorry.
1: Yes, it was. I didn't consider it uh, a racist action at the time. But now we know better, and this was something that was unacceptable, and yes, racist. I have uh, worked all my life to try and like, create opportunities for people to fight against racism and intolerance, uh, and I can just uh, stand here and say that I made a, a mistake uh, when I was younger, and I wish I hadn't. I should have point? known better then, uh, but I didn't, and I did it, and I am deeply sorry for it. I just need the woke bro to, uh, to listen to me right now, the woke types. Um, you're going after the wrong guy if you're going after this guy by all estimations that I can come up with. And so oftentimes, because I have put myself in a friend circle and uh, in a relationship world with millennials, I, I often get into arguments and I'm like, hey, bros, dudes, gals, chicks, guys, girls, women, men, y'all got to calm down, All <laughs> right. You got to calm down. If you're coming after me, if you're coming after me, you're coming after the wrong person. I'm on your side. I you just have a little bit of a, bit a different perspective on it because this is generational. Everything in life is generational, from racism to sexism, from workplace environments to acceptable behaviors in certain settings. It's all generational, and you sometimes are a product of what is around you. But to be flippant here, if I may, a report that came out shortly after all this. This outrage about what the Prime Minister of Canada did. Is Canada a bad influence on the United States? A group of young people called
0: Millennials Against Canada think so. And we are joined by their leader, Kyle Brovlosky. Thanks for having me, Tom. Young man, you say Canada is to blame for most of our problems. All I'm saying is that there's a culture that originates from Canada, which is at least partly to blame for the state of our country now.
1: To respond to this, we're now joined by the Canadian minister... Thanks for having me, buddy.
0: Minister, how do you answer to these angry millennials? Well, they're pissed off because their country sucks and so they want to point the finger at us. <laughs> I'm saying we're all guilty, too. Yes! I grew up watching Terrence and Philip, and I thought it was funny. So you thought it was funny, but now it's not funny? No, it was never funny. I see it differently now. Ah, oh, so you want to censor it. We don't want to censor it. We just want to get rid of it. Uh-huh. You sound like a Jewish mother. Oh, see? That's what I'm talking about right there! That kind of mean, degrading, Canadian trash. Now, I resent that. I find that racist. Canadians should care about the rest of the world. You are a racist, friend. And if you have a problem with Canada, maybe you should talk to your backwood president. Maybe I will. Okay, go ahead. Maybe I know the president. Can I finish? That's all you know is how to be mean. That's and- not a, can I finish, please? Because you were all raised on it yourselves. Please, can I finish? All right, I'm finished. Okay,
1: I'm finished. Um, I remember when I was growing up, I, uh, I had a really good friend who is one of the most popular kids in school. And he became my best friend for a good amount of time. I'd say a solid two and a half years, meaning halfway through high school until shortly after high school. And as I got older through high school, he never really changed. He kind of stayed in that, you know, we kind of played that days confused part. I mean, we kind of lived that movie in our daily life. And we had the way we thought about things and the music we listened to and the things that we were interested in, and a lot of that was generationally uh, learned behavior from our parents and from our peers and from the media and from, you know, the television is about all we had at that point, cable TV, MTV, things like that. And I'm talking about even before MTV was as, well, not before it was as huge as it was, but... That, that's a, that's not a, the correct way to say that. But before there was so much um, uh, a- easy access to, to all that. And so everything we do is influenced by the learned behavior that we're around. And I remember um, as we got a little bit older, I'm not trying to to be negative to my friend who I am not I'm you know, estranged from at this point because he never really kind of evolved out of that. And it constantly was well you, you've changed, man. You've changed, man. O'Brien's changed. And he got that a lot in circles of people growing up from, you know, I'm, I'm talking 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, right? Some of these pictures and things we're talking about from the Prime Minister of Canada was from close to those age groups. between And one of them, the first one was, I think he was about 29 in 2001 when he was a professor at a, at a university in Vancouver, if I remember right. So that one might be a little bit out of what I'm saying, but some of the other ones were from the early 90s. In the early 90s, I was 11, 12, 13. That would have made him uh, seven on top of that. What? Uh, why is my math blanking? 18, 19, 20, 21. All right? If we are going to uh, judge, which I hate using that word because it's such a misused and overused word, but if we're going to crucify somebody, if we're going to smear them and splatter them all across the pages uh, of of the social media worlds in the front page of the paper, quote-unquote, that doesn't hardly exist anymore, and we're going to base it on what happened when this person was from the ages of 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. And, 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 and use that as a barometer as to whether this person is right for the position that they're in. Then we're all effed brah, bro. All of us, every one of us. I spend a lot of time with a lot of different age people. These days, lots of different, it was wide ranging from 9 11 and you know 14 to 31 32 33 to during my early or a regular portion of my day many of them 21 22 23 years old and then the you know sometimes people i grew up with my age or older i feel like i'm at the most perfect age and i think we'll all probably say that as we get older as far as completely understanding what i'm seeing around me i talk to these 21 22 year olds at work they mean well they're fine quality people. They're harmless. And they're effing idiots. I talk to uh children, try to interact with them. How was your day? It's like talking to a fence post. Like, I mean, it's just it takes so long to develop what you understand is or isn't right, what is or isn't acceptable, and just in the same realm, what is and isn't, let's say, I don't know, racist. What is or isn't, let's say, oh, I don't know. Sexist. Let's say, oh, I don't know what is or isn't unacceptable behavior in the workplace or in a public setting. Over all the years of real maturation, that takes a lot of learned behavior and self-awareness and understanding of your surroundings and quality guidance that so many people don't get. And to sit that around here in the you know in 2019 using this disgustingly ridiculous social media model, I can't believe Facebook's still a thing. Why is Facebook not faded away as ridiculously scummy as it is? To sit back and sit around and say, "Here's what I would have done," and we still do this is gross, and it's completely, complete fake outrage. I've told the story whenever the last blackface, brownface story came up that one of my best friends an airline pilot in middle Tennessee who I split my Tennessee Titans season tickets with, one of the smartest guys I know, comes from, yeah, I mean, from the woke folks, from the millennial types. Yes, a place of, of white privilege, no doubt. He wouldn't deny it, and, it's not, and, and he shouldn't deny it, and he shouldn't be ashamed of it. He comes from the land of opportunity, but he took it, and he made the best of it, and he lives a great life. He's an incredible dude, and he's the least racist person you're ever going to meet, and he's not he doesn't have a harmful bone in his body. But if the fake outrage types, if the woke types got a hold of pictures that we had at a Halloween party, old Sean Rue, maybe 2007, six, maybe 8, where he dressed up as Tiger Woods and put on blackface, as they say, wore the Tiger Red Sunday, the Nike hat, the slacks, Carried around a, a putter or a driver. It was a great costume. He looked great. Look, just it was a. It was like, oh hey, Tiger Woods. This is fun. And so to go back and say, oh, and this is cancel cancel culture, right? You need to be fired from your airline job. I think he's instructing now in Middle Tennessee. I don't even think he's flying as much anymore. Uh, whatever it is, you can't do this because of this. Back then, back what what? This is that. that that's not how this works. I know you th- think you're changing the world by ruining other people's lives, woke types and fake outrage types, but that's not how this works. And, yes, is it appropriate now? No. I I, I clearly agree with you that it is not appropriate now, and it shouldn't be going forward. If this picture was Justin Tro- uh, Trudeau, Trudeau, whatever the hell his fucking name is, from the, uh, Canada, happened last week, well, what are you doing, nut? Yeah, you get out of here. You're done. But if we're all going to be judged, we're all going to be cancel cultured out of our world because of something that happened when we were young, and somebody tries to go on and on about that and make some kind of over-the-top point about that, that's the hypocrite. That's the person who's the cancer creating the problems. That person needs to be cancel cultured out. That person is the bad guy. And every single one of us are products of our generation and our learned behavior and the culture in which we live in. And sometimes you just don't know what's happening is offensive or wrong because it hasn't been brought to your attention. And the people who are calm about this, the different perspectives, the different generational uh, cultures and learned behavior types that that, that make a very good point, who are not just, I'm I'm coming with a pitchfork and I'm taking you out who want to make a good point. Well, these people with good, real messages that need to be heard are getting drowned out by the fake outrage, woke types that just want everybody fired and canceled and gone and erased and eliminated from anything that they don't like. And that's, that is, that's toxic. That's not okay. That's not a better America. That's not a better culture. That's not a better environment. That is not where I want to live, and that's not what I'm going to ever participate in. Should blackface dressing up for Halloween or whatever continue? I think Halloween's the dumbest holiday ever. No, it shouldn't. Not if it makes people feel uncomfortable. It should not. But if somebody wants to go back in time, if a group of people, if a gathering of folks, of a a big old movement of people want to go back in time and take anything anybody's ever done that could be considered wrong now that at, at, at best is just questionable because of the culture and environment and generation they come from and just wipe it out, cancel them all out and be done with them. Yeah, that's not healthy. That ain't part of the solution. That's part of the problem. You know what else the problem is? This impeachment nonsense that is now, I guess it's an inquiry or an exploratory committee or a probe or something like that. I'll wrap up the show with that next.
0: actions of the Trump presidency revealed the dishonorable fact of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of our national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Therefore, today, I'm announcing the House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. I'm directing our six committees to proceed with their investigations under that umbrella of impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable no one is above the law. Got money, I'll do anything for you. God money, just tell me what you want me to. Got money, nail me up against the wall. Got money, don't want everything he wants it all now.
1: Do we really, and when I say we, I mean the Democrats, But Nancy Pelosi back in there as a third most powerful person in the country the hell do we do that here's one of those mashups i was talking about now in any kind of arranged music you can find where this stuff will layer on top of each other four four measures three four measures and sometimes you can speed things up slow them down to make them work but I don't think that's the case here. I think these are just a like a four-four measure where everything just falls together. Head like a hole and island in the sun. Nine-inch nails and Weezer. stumbled on that. It was one of those YouTube rabbit holes. I thought it was pretty neat. So, like I mentioned earlier, next week I think I'll put together a uh, stretch of some stuff that I've saved over the, I don't know, hell, maybe over total year or so on Twitter and Facebook and Reddit. Which I think Reddit can be great and awful, just depending on which direction you go with it. But um, I have so many links, so many videos, so many audio clips So many different uh, things of interest that I have saved, and I never go back and look at any of them, except for every now and again when I do one of these, I don't have any idea what I'm going to do with the show this week kind of things. And then I go back and and then try to piece some stuff together. So I think between now and which uh, as a press time here, release time, download time, drop time, uh, which is Wednesday the 25th, And before I leave for Atlanta to go see the Titans and the Falcons, I think I'll try to put together a good portion of that and uh, just have some fun. You know, easy breezy fluff doesn't mean a whole lot, but as always with the goal of being uh, at least somewhat entertaining, I like to think I don't do anything if that's not at least kind of the goal. So, all right, here we go. Here's the deal. All of a sudden now um, there's conversations with uh, leaders from the Ukraine. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I have a really strong grasp, understanding of what the relationship these days are with Ukraine and the Russia. And remember it was Crimea many years ago that Ukraine was trying to take over. I guess that they did. I made a, um, um, what was it? Was it, I guess it was my fantasy baseball team name because I was done with fantasy football. I called uh, my fantasy baseball team Cry Me a River. All right? So, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I get all this. I know that there's been some attacks on Biden through uh, communication with whoever. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, listen, you want to beat Trump? Let's go beat his ass in the election next year. How about that? Let's try to unify, even though I know that's impossible and I sound like a stupid asshole politician when I say that. But let's try something to try to figure out a way to beat this asshole, all right? Let's just try that. And, and impeachment proceedings is not going to be that. Now, this isn't an, a, a a declaration of an of an impeachment from Nancy Pelosi on Tuesday the 24th. That's not what it was. It was an inquiry. It was a probe. It was an exploratory committee. It was some kind of uh, investigation. It wasn't an actual impeachment. Maybe this is political strategy that I'm just not that entirely. Um, just to be simple about it, hip to. Maybe this is strategy in its own. But whatever strategy that they think it is, I uh, I don't get. It. I'm not sure what it is. You want Trump out of office? Defeat him in an election. I get that the counter to that would be that this is just another indication of the undermining of our election process. I would respond to that, that uh, meddling in our elections have been taking place via social media for a lot longer than just the last three and a half years or so. And nobody seemed to care about it when the uh, their, their side, or at least the side that was closest to what they related to, were winning. Here's the problem right now. Nobody from the left, middle, middle center or far left right now understands what this party is all about anymore. The Democratic Party is an absolute disastrous mess. And I don't know that that's necessarily bad. I don't think it's good. um, That's for sure. But I mean, the Republicans are a, a fractured mess, too, but they have enough power right now that. They're just happy enough that they keep their wallets happy as long as Wall Street looks good. So this is just, this is a fractured mess all the way around. And then I get the argument coming in from the woke types that say, Brian, you're not on our side, even though I always have been my entire life, not just since you turned voter age, but I get the idea that I am not down with what the, the agenda is going forward. I understand all of it. I just don't know what to do about it. Here's what I do know. Do you want Don Trump out of the White House in 2020? By 21 in January, would you like there to be a new president? I'm not asking you who you would like it to be. My bumper sticker on my car says somebody else for president. Somebody. Anybody. Literally anybody, well, other than Mike Pence. Literally anybody other than Mike Pence and Don Trump. Well, one of my favorite lines from President Obama: "Don't boo, vote. Don't boo, vote. Vote him out of office. Vote him out. Don't impeach. That's only going to bring a like of a higher likelihood that Donald Trump wins in 2020. But I'm here to tell you, and I've been saying it for a long time, and I said he'd probably be president in 16, way before anybody else did." Now, because I'm super smart, I just was starting to look at things and thinking this place is lo- we're losing our damn minds. Donald Trump's winning the next presidential race, no matter what happens. But the only way to 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 at least have a glimmer of hope that he will not be president again after 2020 is to vote, not impeach, numb nuts. Put that on a bumper sticker. Put that on a Facebook message. Put that on a Twitter. Put that on Instagram. You don't want Trump to be president anymore after 2020, January 21. Vote, numbnut. Don't impeach. That's all I got. All right. Y'all have a good one. Um, Like I said, next week's show will be a little bit different, and then we'll go from there. All right. Y'all take care. Have a fantastic end of your September. And holy hell, it's already October. Y'all have a good one. Bye.